Hi everyone, welcome back to Reload Podcast. This is episode number 57. Our previous episode was number 56, because that's how numbers work, uh, where Connor and I have been away in Florida. We recorded a Swapcast interview with People's Car Podcast, and we also had a little uh, interview with Ian and Leah, who were kind enough to take us into their home and uh, look after us for a few days. So this episode, we're going to have a couple more interviews from our time away in Florida, and uh, give you a little bit more about what happened on our trip but uh before we do that we do what's new with you so nigel what's new with you we haven't seen you for a few weeks yeah um have you still got jet lag you know your globe trotters i'm i'm still tired do you know what i'm still like my brain my sleep pattern are like still a bit all over the place which i'm like what's wrong with me yeah i've been up and down as well like one minute i'm fine next minute i'm not i slept last saturday for over 12 hours and i usually get like five maybe six hours sleep so that sounds like that sounds like heaven getting to sleep for 12 hours i don't remember the last time i ever slept for 12 hours i think maybe when i had covid and it literally was trapped in the bedroom nothing else to do except for sleep um you with me we'll 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 chat about your trip obviously later on but uh news with me basically is that dubshed tickets will finally go live um, well, they'll have went live by the time we release this. They go live on the 1st of March at 7pm. Um, so if you just go to dubshed.com, I think it's forward slash tickets, you can buy the tickets. It's £20 for a daily ticket or £30 for the whole weekend. And just a reminder, this goes out on the 2nd of March. Uh, the entries for indoor application system close on the 4th of March. Yes. Yeah. And... It's getting scarily close to the show, guys, isn't it? It really is. Like, I was thinking about it the other day. We're all meeting up next weekend after the entries close for the selections. And then I was like, mm. holy shit, it's it's less than a month. Well, next weekend, it's less than a month. I think yeah. James Crow shared something yesterday saying about five weeks of dub shed. And actually, like, well, it literally knocked me for six. I couldn't believe it. The weekend post you'll see I put up in the dub shed page, I... Recently, I've been going, oh, seven weeks to go, six weeks to go. <laughs> <laughs> this is your fault you're doing the countdown, are you? It's a, it's kind of a reminder to people get their entries in, and a kind of reminder me, go, oh, crap, get the finger out. This is actually happening, yeah. I really, like, please, if you're listening and you haven't entered, please do, because we haven't had Dubshed for three years. It's going to be good. It'll be even better if there's a big variety of cars and, yeah. you know, as many people as we can, because... As I said, we haven't been able to do it for so long. It's going to be awesome. And also it is open to all makes and models. So, you know, submit your entry for indoor and see. because Yeah, we want to see some cool different stuff. And after three years, there's going to be a lot of people who've worked on their project cars and things are going to be different. Things you haven't seen. That's going to be brilliant. But So be a part of it. Get in because there's going to be class. Also, (laughs) We're back and let's go big, basically. Correct. Well, I'm still getting questions about, oh, can I enter my Jap car? Like, sarcastically. And I'm like, yes, you can, actually. Yes. So, just anyone who's <laughs> listening just, there. I'll have, to, I'll have to do another post there with that. Aye, so. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that should be fun. I'm sort of new when you're looking forward to something, but also dreading it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably a psychological term for that or something. I don't know. Yes, there probably is. There's probably a lot of psychological terms for me to prefer. <laughs> What's that? Is it Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm yes. syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You become acquainted, or not acquainted. You become friendly with your your captor. Uh, captor. That's what happens. So dub dub sheds are captor. I I was gonna say you're our captor, and then we we stepped <laughs> up and done a podcast with you. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. 
So what else is happening with you? I've plenty of free time to do something else. Like you know. Oh, me great. too. I, <laughs> I love taking on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, finally, just I think, was I, was I talking about Jack and driving lessons? I think I have. Yes, you so. were. Yeah, yeah, and you would got him the wee polo and stuff. Yeah, so he had because of COVID and all. There's a backlog of driving tests. He done his theory in December, and then immediately went on tried to book a practical test. So anybody doesn't know, you have to do a theory test, an online test, and then you have to do a practical, like on the road driving test. So he had four or five lessons, and he got a date for the end of March. And he's been looking to see if he can get any sooner. And just with things he had on, all the rest of it didn't suit. And then. Monday morning, seventh of February, I got a text from school at half nine, saying I've got a date uh, for my test at twelve. Should I book it? And I says, Yeah, as long as you get out of school. So, a few stories were told this teacher, and I picked him up because he had to go to an exclamation mark a doctor's appointment. Oh yes, <laughs> of course. So, um, picked him up and he knocked it out of the park and I haven't seen much of him since basically since he passed his test yeah I remember those days when I passed my <laughs> test and I don't think I see my parents for weeks after that he just loves the driver so, can, can you guys remember passing your test yeah well I passed my test no I better not say on here what I've done but yeah <laughs> I've done <laughs> Because there's listeners who would, yeah, okay, no, oh, I, I done something really stupid. I done really something really stupid an hour after passing the test, which of course. may or may not uh, result in a license ban for a year. Oh, oh, nice. I remember. I thought I had failed my test. Like halfway through my test, I thought I had done something that was a fail. So, I think for the rest, of the, I think it was actually good in a way because I kind of relaxed and went, yeah. Oh well, I failed anyway, so I'll just go around and do the rest of it, whatever. And then I'd actually passed. So what happened was I actually I thought I clipped a curb in the middle of Lisburn town because we were going through, any of you that know Lisburn, there's kind of a one-way system around the back of Bow Street Mall and down into Antrim Street. Mm-hmm. And I was coming around there and I heard this like clunk and I went, oh shit, as I was turning, I was like, oh, that was a curb. But it mustn't have been. And then when I went back later on, there was like a loose manhole cover. And I think that's what I hit uh, and that's yeah. what I heard the noise. And, uh, I, being new to driving, you wouldn't have equated the two yeah. different noises, yeah. So, and then I remember my bike test as well. Do you remember doing yours? Yep. So I did it. I was about, I think I did it when I was about 19, about two years after I got my driving test. And uh, I'd been struggling and struggling. Like I've ridden bikes and stuff for years. My problem with bikes is a lot of bikes are too big and heavy for me because I'm not very strong and I'm quite short. So... You know, to ride a big bike is hard. And one of the things in the test you have to do is you have to put your bike onto the main stand. Which is absolutely Which I ridiculous. always find very difficult because they're heavy. That's why you do it with a bike that doesn't have a main stand. Correct. That's why I did my <laughs> test on a Suzuki Van Van because they don't have a main stand. They only have a side stand. So that was fine. And then I was struggling to do the, like the U-turn, turn around in the road in one hit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I could do it perfectly. And other times, you know, when you just get like a mental block and you just can't do it. And I had it was something in my head where I could do it on certain roads and I couldn't do it on other roads. And I had been practicing and practicing and practicing. And I was like, as long if he takes me to this road to do it, I'll be grand. If he takes me to this other one, I'll not be able to do it. And of course, we were driving around and the instructor's in your ear in the little earpiece. Yeah. And he says, right, turn up here. And I went, oh, no, this is that, that road. There was like a few different roads where you knew they did certain maneuvers. And I was like, oh no. And just as I turned onto that road, 
it started to rain as well. And I was like, oh no, this is like a bad omen. I'm never going to pass. But I did. I swung it round in one go. I nearly fell off the bike in shock. I was like, yes, I've done it. (laughs) That's when I done my... Euphoria. I I done my bike test and car test like a week apart. And it was pretty shitty weather in March. Did the, the car test and passed it. I did the bike test. But the morning I went to do my bike test, it was snowing. In March, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I went and done a lesson that morning. And the guy says to me, I says, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I'm never going to pass in this here because you have to do like an emergency stop. You're not allowed to lock up the back wheel or anything yeah. like that. And he says, go down, sit there until the guy arrives and then put a claim in to get your money back and whatever. I says, okay, no problem. So did all that. Waited maybe two or three hours after I was supposed to do my test. And your guy walks in. I stood up and introduced myself. And he just looked at me and he says, Oh, we're too late to do yours now and walked on. And I was like, Yeah, we're too late to do yours because you didn't turn up. So yeah. that was fine. Rebooked the test for about two weeks later. It was an absolute scorcher of a day. I was like, This is, you couldn't have asked for a better day for a test. And I was getting suited up, your guys fitting the glue mic into your helmet and stuff. And he says to me, Oh, you're getting a fantastic day for this. And I says, Yeah, it's better than the last day when you didn't turn up. And it was, you know, one of those ones that just comes out of you before... It was out of your uh, mouth, he, and then you went, oh, oh my yeah. goodness. And I'm like, oh, you dickhead. And I went out, and I was like, <laughs> this guy's 100% failing me. So I just went out, totally calm, read the whole route, fully expecting him to fail me and come back. And the guy was like, oh, you passed? And I was like, oh, well, he's a better man than I am, because I'd have failed me for saying yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's such a freedom. Like, I'm sure, well, as you know, you haven't seen Jack from he passes test, like, it's... The freedom well, of that is unbelievable. Well, I say I haven't seen him at, at, at full circle and all that there, being his taxi driver for the last few years. Um, I went out to accommodate in Belfast uh, midweek, and Jack collected me afterwards. It was fantastic. <laughs> Old Uber himself. Yeah. Payback time. Um, just on that topic, a big shout out to Ross from Anakim, who sent Jack a little uh, package of car cleaning products. I've seen so, that actually, yes, for a bit. Oh, that's him. nice. Big shout to Ross, gentlemen. Indeed. Much um, if you're listening, Ross, I just passed my test there too. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> just got it back. Oh, that's here. Um, new, what's, sorry, I was going to say, what's new with you then? New with me. Um, I've actually been working at cars again, which has been fun. We have, yeah. yeah. Yesterday, the Shed 62 crew got back together like we were 10 years ago. And you so, the way you said that sounded like uh, like a boy band. Boy band was getting oh, back yeah. together. Yeah, it, it literally was like getting the band back together because we haven't done anything mm-hmm. like that as a big group in a so long time. Who in the who in the pre who in the bands the prima donna that nobody gets on with then? Uh, <laughs> no comment. No comment. There was about three people coming in my head, and I was one of them. Um, we'll just go with me. Well, yeah, and, ta- and take that you had Robbie and girls allowed. You had Nadine and I think Little Mix there. Your woman that left recently, she was a, an issue too. Your so. knowledge of pop bands is astounding. It's yes, much better it's than absolutely. mine. It's fantastic. I, I'm a, I'm a, I have my finger on the pulse of pop culture. So I've noticed that. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so Lucy has been building her caddy, Mark 1 caddy pickup for quite a few years now, sort of on and off. And it, uh, it's getting to the stage we're starting to come together. So it's back from paint. Stefan's building an engine for it. And then I was drafted in to do the brake lines because of my... OCD with that shit and it was one of those ones new where something's like I'm really enjoying this but it's also stressing me out because I've spent half an hour making this line and the next move I bend it wrong I'm going to be starting again <laughs> there was a lot of that 
But no, uh-huh. I was saying to Lee, it was nice to actually work on a car for fun as opposed to necessity, which has been... Or two days out from a show. Or two days out from a show, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no harm to Lucy, but if we miss the deadline, it's not it's not going to impact my emotional health because yeah. where it would with my car, because I'd be like, fuck you, Connor. <laughs> but then you, you, you're all working together again. Some it's, it's great to get everybody together again. Bit of normality. And it is, yeah. Good having, good having people together, working on a car and having a bit of crack. Well, that's yeah. it. There was, what, six or seven of us there yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the obligatory feed and alcohol afterwards, which is why I feel like crap today. <laughs> um, I think we left their house at two in the morning. It was pretty good. Oh, yes. Yep. Very good. Very so good. that was fun. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. What about you, Lee? Anything lined up you've been at? Just that yesterday, really? Just that, really, yeah. Recovering from Florida? Yeah, still. Because I'm old as frig now, apparently, and it uh, takes me a month to recover. Aye, <laughs> I, I recover from a holiday. <laughs> Need a holiday to recover from my holiday. Yep. That is. Yeah, shall we move on? Has anybody got any news news? Nigel, do you want to kick off? Yeah, I have one story. So, this past few years have been challenging, to say the least. Uh, we had COVID, which was a real barrel of laughs. I say that in past tense. <laughs> Hopefully, we had COVID. <laughs> yes, COVID's done. Yeah. It's finished. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. they turned it off. And it, what, and it has been replaced by World War Three. It yeah. has. <laughs> so, so, the fear agenda's on. So, on that line of devastating things that happen, i seen a news article there about a massive super ship that was heading over to America in the Atlantic Ocean and it was part of the VAG group ships and it was full of Porsches, Bentleys, VWs, Lamborghinis and the pictures show it being set on, or being on fire. A fire broke out on the cargo deck. All the crew were rescued so it's adrift now basically and they're trying to put the fire out and it was due to dock on the east coast on the 23rd of February. It's carrying 4,000 cars. I think it was a few hundred Bentleys, 21 special order Lamborghinis and close to a thousand Porsches. One of them being Matt Farah, the modern journalist. Yes, I've seen he that. Had order, he, he had a special order Porsche Spider with a Diamond uh, 4.5 motor, a uh, bit of a special car. So he's lost that. So another blow to the car industry with supply chain being affected by COVID and chip issues and material issues and stuff like that. So yeah, America. Took a quarter dump in their luxury cars this week, anyway. I did think it was quite ironic that Porsche have a system. It's an app on your phone called Track Your Dream. And <laughs> oh, tra- no. Track Your Dream contacts you to say, sorry, mate, your car's on fire. Adrift in the middle of the ocean. You know, as, not- the boats, uh, as the boats sink, I wonder does Celine Dion sing, My Heart Will Go On? <laughs> I don't think Matt Farrell will be singing anyway. Yeah, he had a 718 Spider ordered, um, which I'm sure well, everything will be well insured and obviously everything's covered for on the dealership side of things. That was heading into Rhode Island, which I believe is Volkswagen's, one of their port of entries for coming in from Germany into mm-hmm. the States. Um, does does Jamie does Orr collect cars from there? Is that the dock he collects? Uh, sometimes, yeah. I think he yeah. does a few, but that's one of them, yeah. But yeah, as you say, like you have all the shortages with materials and the chips and stuff and you can't get cars and then this happens too. It's just like an absolute nightmare scenario. I think yeah. it was Golf R's on it. Like, it was Mark 8 R's on mm-hmm. it, which were going into the States, which are literally only released. Yeah. So Track your dream. Track your nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Did Pick you see... Pick it up from the bottom of the ocean. Just <laughs> talking about Golf R's. Um, obviously, the la- the 
we talked about the People's Car podcast there that we recorded with. They had Charles the Humble Mechanic on their one of their other podcasts as yes. well. Did you see his golf hour during the week there? The blue one, yeah. With the wheel like vibration? Yeah, he had what a pothole. What has happened to Yeah, he hit something. He, he had a pothole and it just bent the wheel. And he says the wheels are really, really soft on the new market. You saw it on the spinning. You could see the wobble in oh, it, it like it was awful. It. Yeah. Like, that, like, you think back 20 years ago when rap wheels started to come into the scene. You know, cheap wraps were notorious for hitting a pebble and bending. That's ridiculous for a modern car manufacturer to be making soft wheels. Well, you look at the wheels that you have in the Bora, which is what you had for spurs on your Corrado, was the Audi, oh, the TT wheels in it, the six spoke yeah. Ronalds. And those things are, they weigh as much as I do. And they're, yeah, they, they, they don't bend. <laughs> like, I, I seen those in Ukrainian tanks. You know, they're, <laughs> they're the job. Armor, armor pierce or armor protection. Yeah. And I'm going to line the house with them when the war comes here. But, like, you couldn't do that with a modern wheel. No, like the Luganos yeah. I had on my Sirocco took a couple of hard hits. Mm-hmm. And when I... Do you remember the one where the, you hit and ripped the tire off? Yeah, that should have bent that wheel. It should have. And that's when I traded it in. Jason even commented. He says, God, there's some ding in that wheel. And I, says, yeah. and I said what had happened. And he said, just goes to show you how strong OE wheels are. That, like that should have wrecked that wheel. Not anymore, apparently. Not anymore. But back, obviously, in two thousand and eleven, they, they were. were good. Yeah. Um, my first bit of news is well, I kind of can roll it all into one is F one related. So it's a bit out of date now, but our mate Michael Massey has got the road. I believe the actual term was he has changed job roles. Yes. So yes. it's after the controversy, the end of 2021 season. Willingly or not, he has changed job roles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he might have been forced. Um, they've also taken away where, you know, when you're watching the race, you can hear them talking to the race controller. They've done away yes. with that. Oh, they're taking that away now? Yeah. Oh. No more Toto. That, was, that was a bit embarrassing. No more Toto memes. What no, else have we be, You'll see no. Toto throwing his headset, but you'll have no context to know why. It's just not the same. Um, <laughs> hey, maybe have somebody in the pits to shout at, dressed up as a F1 <laughs> marshal. <laughs> he needs to be there. Um, he just have a cutout of them. The same with F1, then. The Russian Grand Prix is cancelled because we're in the midst of a war. So that's sort of unsurprising. I was just kind of watching it, waiting for it to be announced officially. There's talk that they're going to go to Turkey, but I don't know how accurate that is. Um, Russia or the F1? I don't know. Well, <laughs> who knows? Who kn- maybe both. No, another cracking land grab, grab by Vladimir. Well, if, if F1 go to Turkey and Russia turn up there, they'll be like, oh, for fuck's sake, can we not get away from these guys? <laughs> um, flights would have been cheap to that race, I would say. It wouldn't have been much of a turnout. No. Definitely not. What else have we got? Uh, Haas have dumped their sponsorship, uh, sort yes. of. Well, they've removed it from the car anyway. I think they're in a legal battle with what actually to do. car looks quite well with the, the carbon along the bottom, just the plain white with Haas on it. It's kind of like retro vibes, which I like. I, I like a plain car. You know, it's too many spon- It's very busy, and mm-hmm. and I understand why they have them, but the, I think they tend to look better without as many. What you're saying is, do you really need money when the car looks that good? Yeah. <laughs> I'll throw them a few a quid. Lot Im- <laughs> a lot of images were coming out in the last week or two, of the new cars, new designs and all. It's been really, really good like, to see mm-hmm. how different teams have sort of adapted and stuff. It's funny, mm-hmm. too, with the, these regulation changes, how like each of the cars are, like, when you actually look in the detail, they're totally different to each other. Yeah. Because they're all trying different things, and then obviously when they see what works next year, they'll all kind of conform to the one shape that works. Mercedes have gone back to their silver. 
Silver for second place. I seen that eye. <laughs> I did laugh at that. <laughs> Cheaper though. So yeah, um, and on that topic too, the Drive to Survive series is out very soon. Yeah, 11th of March, I think. Cannot wait. Yeah, yeah. cannot wait. It should be good. Dramatised to hell, but I am looking forward to it. So That must be f- a Friday it's released then, is it? I think 11. so, yeah. Second plus news. Yeah, ah, that sounds right, yeah. Nice was on the mads there. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty much me for news. You got anything cool. there? He's good? Yep. Now, do you any YouTube or anything like that? Any social media type stuff? Yeah, I'll just run through a few things here. So I'm just going to give a couple of recommendations of podcasts. As you know, um, my spare time or if I'm out walking the dog or driving, podcasts are always on. So I'm always looking for new episodes, new podcasts and all the rest. But uh, the first one is F1 Beyond the Grid podcast. And it was an interview with Toto Wolf. It's about a 35, 40 minute interview. Uh, small insight into the team boss and his goals and different aspects of uh, life as a boss and stuff like that. It was a very, very good interview. Actually, I, I must check that. that out because I've, well, with being away for two weeks, I have a massive backlog of podcasts I'm working through, but I'll definitely add that to the list because that would be yeah. interesting. The Beyond the Grid podcast is very good now. It was actually Robin from Studio 10 recommended it to me. And just as the hype's building up for the new season, they're dropping some really good stuff at the moment. Second recommendation then would be, it's like the, best of the motoring world come together it's chris harris collecting cars podcast interviews brian scotto from hoonigan oh that'll be good yeah he was previously on revival motoring podcast i think he during lockdown he he jumped on or something i think he was yeah it it probably would have been last sometime early last year it was good interview too it shows brands like volkswagen side you know what he came from which was good yeah uh, i I thought to myself oh this is going to be the same as in revival but no it wasn't um chris harris i've said it um, before he's a great interviewer and it was basically Brent's sort of backstory you know growing up how he got into this how he got into that um, it's very interesting to see that his mum and dad what were they they were like scientists or something I forget what it is mm-hmm. or engineers and he basically bollocked about in school and you know then it fell into journalism kind of he was just obsessed with cars and always was and how, how could i get into this and stuff like that there it's funny um, to think they're like you imagine what he's making a living off versus what his parents done as well you know like two totally yeah. opposite ends of the scale yeah um no i think it's it's well over an hour that podcast but great great podcast recommend that completely it's written down too don't worry um <laughs> <laughs> next one then Oh, Bad Obsession dropped a new video. Yes, um, I've seen that. Their model of dropping videos with months between them absolutely kills me. But every time I do, I get so excited. Absolute fanboy over it. And then when I've watched it, I'm like, oh, that, that's it for another three months. Yeah, I forgot the historic rally they were taking it to. They were invited to bring it along. And the car, was it, was it overheating or something? Basically, they put it on a trailer, which didn't fit. But they basically... I was talking to you earlier about this. They were driving it up on. The wheels were just scrubbing off the sides of it. Ah, and it was just, cringing badly. Just cringing. Skin was crawling watching them put on it. I think they were custom-made wheels too. Yeah, yeah. And they brought off the trailer and... I, I, I can't what remember What size exactly of a trailer happened. was it? Like, it's a mini. I, like, I how... But it's the wheelbase. It's the wheelbase. It's the width of it. It's the silica. Yeah. Even so. So... No, they, they were blown away by the amount of people just gathered around the car to watch it and stuff like that there, but they had a few technical issues and they didn't get their own, basically. Um, but I think they had promised to do the reveal of the car at that, and then everything ran on and it wasn't ready, so they tried to bring yeah. the car 
as it was just to kind of show it and then even that didn't really work out for them which is absolutely yep. heartbreaking but that thing will be cool when it when it gets going uh, another video if you're into you ever heard of Kaiser, the boy that does the rendering for Need for Speed yes he he's do a, a wild few. sort of white arch creations I think he done the rendering for uh do the Mark II Golf that was at yes, the players. players. It's the White Arch one with the big wing. He did it. J- JP, the German sort of auto tuner guy, mm-hmm. famous. Um, that was his Mark II. Well, Kaiser done the body kit for it, and Haggerty done a behind the scenes of making a rendering of a White Arch 190 Evo. So, if you ever want to know what sort of goes on making that there, it's just sort of him going through design on the computer and stuff and I would, stuff like that. I wouldn't even hazard a guess how many hours is that. It would be insane. There's a lot of speeding up of stuff. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, finally then, Gears and Gasoline dropped another video. It was basically a stance car road trip. So they're f- they bought two cars, one static, one on air, and it's a 6K road trip across America in what they like to call Tilty Boy. Or No, they didn't call it Tilty Boy. They just called Stance Boy cars. We yes. call it Tilty Boy, don't we? It's Slanty Boys, yeah. They're Tilty yeah. Wheels. So one of them is a Bora on air with an 18T, and the other one is a Honda Accord, which is static, and both of them are absolutely stand, slammed, cambered out wheels, and they're... They're pretty rough, the cars, and they have a bit of fun with them and stuff like that. So that's been run. I think they just released part two there during the week. So I Lee mentioned earlier about Charles, the humble mechanic. He did a video actually working on the Trying Bora. To fix it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which was interesting to see some of the interesting ways things were done on it. Mm. Um, but I haven't actually watched Gears and Gasoline's videos of that. Once a few of them drop, I'll watch them and work just one after the other on breaks. If anybody follows Gears and Gasoline, this road trip in part two had to be stopped because they were halfway across America and Ben got COVID. Oh, nice. Oh, no. He ended, he, he ended up in a ventilator and also did. Oh, really? Oh, wow, uh, yeah. Holy he's, shit. I think he's late 20s, early 30s. Like, he he was in the ventilator. He'd done a video about a month ago saying sorry for the lack of videos, but and then he showed a couple of videos and pictured him in the hospital, absolutely wired up the machines on the ventilator and all. Well, I didn't know that. So they came back, the, the, the parked cars in the middle of America, Obviously, Ben had to go to hospital and start the road trip again in January. Ah, very they good. Dropped the, they dropped the video here in February. I they're, they're a channel that I haven't really dealt much with. I've watched The Humble Mechanic and sort of picked them up with it, but I didn't realize that was what happened with them. Yeah. So, no, it seems to be all right now, so thankfully. Check those videos out. That's yeah. all I've got. No, that's, I've been catching up on stuff just flat out when we come back, so I think you've covered quite a bit of what I was going to say. Cool. Before we move on, I'd like to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Studio 10. Located in Ballymena, Northern Ireland, Robin specialises in vehicle detailing, paintwork correction and ceramic coatings. As well as being the only Mivenshi approved detailer based in Northern Ireland, they also offer an online training programme, Foundation Pro. This programme is designed for those who want to improve their current skill set to a much higher level or are considering starting their own valeting business. The course also features other benefits such as discount codes for various detailing companies and much more. To view all their detailing packages, training course, and obtain details on all the services they pro- to view all their detailing packages, training course, and obtain details on all the services they provide, visit their website. For daily detailing content and information, you can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Studio Ten Detailing. 
So let's move on to uh, the issue that is burning in our heads then, that your great road trip to America for two weeks. So let's break it down. Two weeks of absolute fun. If you, hear go, any, you if you hear any crying, that'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about it. Yeah, aye, but it's all right. You've booked another trip, so you know, you've know you got another target to look forward to. I know, it's like an addiction. It's like <laughs> you're coming down, like, oh, we need another one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we started off, we um, as we talked about in the last episode, we were actually were recording in Florida, but we didn't talk much about what we actually did. So we landed into Florida and got our hire car, which was an absolutely amazing. Kia Soul? Yes. Oh, wow. Um, quite, not a large car, but like it wasn't as small as I imagined, but had the boot, mm. the boot space of a Lupo. Yeah. Like struggled to get two suitcases into it, which was kind of odd. Uh, it was very roomy in the passenger bay. But the boat was tiny. Uh, the thing definitely had a track rod end away because I spent most of my time sawing my way down the road to stay in a straight line. <laughs> and and oh, how many dash lights? Behind, pe- people behind you going, he's drunk. Oh, he's yeah. Drunk. But then it wouldn't really matter because it's Florida. That would just be the norm. How many dash lights did we have uh, on by the end? Saying, oh, he's, he's a great driver. Yeah, we took it to Eurotripper and I called Volkswagenitis and come back with three dash lights on. So <laughs> oh, excellent. excellent. got Volkswagen herpes or something. Um, <laughs> Volkswagen herpes. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. Um, yeah, so we had a few days before the show where we kind of worked our way down, chilled out and didn't, well... Wouldn't say it didn't do very much, but we kind of take that time just to see what's in the area and have nothing planned. And then we headed over to the show on the Thursday. We drove down. Um, Raf had recommended. He said, "Go across this way. Go down. Go past Tampa and down the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cool drive down." And it was you were like driving right down the coast and out. There's these big causeways and bridges like built mm-hmm. like out across the water. And this huge, big suspension bridge and stuff. It was class. Yeah, like big land bridges. They go out and, like, must be like 10 miles long out into the sea. Just amazing to see what just water either side of you kind of thing. Yeah. I just imagine they were like, Florida's hurricane land. Yeah, that's like, what I was what wondering. must that be like? And then the bridges are like, they go up really high. And I assume it's for ships and stuff coming in under them, but you're really high up above the water when you're up on those bridges. Uh, the Kia was feeling it, got up the, up the hills. Yeah, they're very steep too. Yeah, so we get down into Fort Myers and basically at our way down the coast. Yeah. And um, <laughs> got into Fort Myers the Thursday. Then we took a run over to the showgrounds, which is JetBlue Baseball Park. And... We actually we just sort of done a dry run to see where it was rather than trying to do it on a busy Friday or Saturday when the place is mental. And we bumped yeah. into Paul Barney, who runs the show. Um, we've known Paul for a few years now. And, of course, he was like, oh, come on, I'll show you around the place. So hopped on to his, like, petrol go-kart, or not petrol go-kart, petrol golf, golf cart. cart, and gave us a tour of the stadium, mm-hmm. showed us what everything was, why the layout's like this, showed us the stage build, and was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So it was nice to get a sort of feel for the show before you were there, and it was absolutely mental. It's um, nice Paul had the t- time to do that too, especially in a busy I, week. Like. I don't think Paul really had the time to do that because a few people were like, oh, but look, Paul's distracted again. But I was like, <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, that, that was fun. Also noticed as well that Florida has zero speed limits. So if you're not doing 20 over the speed limit, you're going too slow, essentially. Oh, excellent. Um, and there's no lane discipline. So do you know how, like, we have, like, your normal lane, what's known, like, as your overtaking lane or the fast lane or whatever you want to call it, and that's how you pass. 
in Florida, yep. you can pass in any lane. It doesn't make any difference. So we thought they were just all lunatics, but it turns out that's actually, the, well, a lack of law. I was going to say the law. But there was no fast lanes or slow lane. You just get in a lane where it's free. Yeah. At one point, it was like the Fast and the Furious where cars Excellent. were just like weaving in and out of traffic. And I was like, hmm, this is, we, Lee and I just literally looked at each other and started to laugh. I was like, yep, there L- we go. Looking for them lorries full of VCR recorders. Pretty much, yeah. What would it be now? <laughs> I don't know. Um, What's the latest Apple, tech? Apple products. Apple TVs, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so probably one of the highlights for Lee was getting to see a gator outside our hotel. We saw a gator. It was awesome. Gator. A gator was literally like a couple of meters beyond our swimming pool behind a fence. I yeah. was like, yep, there we go. And loads of signs <laughs> up saying, don't stick your arm through the fence and things like that. You know, and, don't feed the gators, don't approach them. <laughs> and then you start to wonder, how many times did something happen before the signs went up? How many arms yes. went out through there and didn't come back? So yeah, once we did that, the first actual car thing we really did then was the Volkscrack meet. So Volkscrack and the People's Car Podcast ran a, a meet before the show on the Friday afternoon. Yep. Um, so we so went was it close to Was it close to the stadium? Probably 10 miles. Yeah. Yeah, maybe about 10 miles. Pretty, pretty uh, away. It was um, at a, sort of like a shopping complex. Yeah, so just oh, a big open car park, a bit like New The Outlet and Banbridge, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, obviously they must have permission from the supermarket. They had, it? yeah, because they had actually cordoned off part of the car park for them, which was good. Oh, cool. That's good. So no, it was good. Bumped into Danny and Rand from People's Car, then a whole load of guys that we knew down there as well. Um, hung out for a few hours and just talked shit to people as car people do. Um, some absolutely beautiful Porsches down at it and you know me like I'm not a, a Porsche guy but there was some really nice stuff then after that we all kind of drove over to the Friday night pre-show kind of barbecue meetup yeah. kind of hangout so it's it's actually on the showgrounds Nigel um, and yeah. they have a thing called Mission Barbecue comes in which is basically like ex-military run and they come in in like this big massive like military looking truck set up like barbecue pulled or pulled chicken pulled pork uh green beans you know just like all like barbecue style stuff and you just queue up and no vegan options then no no i i was disappointed (laughs) no even the beans had bacon in them so it definitely wasn't vegan friendly (laughs) that's right the green beans were done with smoky bacon which was absolutely unbelievable just right just um as you'll hear in the interview talking about it with paul later the the vibes of the show was absolutely fantastic and or like the pre-show barbecue because everyone was just hanging out. It was all floodlit. It was barbecue going. Apart from getting ate by mosquitoes, it was you know just really chill evening, which was nice. Um, that, that that's great to be able to do that because you know yourself a show like Eurotreff in one day. Sometimes you, pe- you haven't seen people for maybe six months or a year, depending on what happens. So you feel like you're rushing around a show sometimes to catch up with people. That's so that happens to me all the time. Extra day, yeah, in fact, if an extra day, you know. Makes a difference, I would say. It does, yeah. And because even at home, the shows that I go to, and you're trying to get talking to everybody and do everything, and you don't, and you know, and you're like, oh, you see them for five seconds at the end of the show, and we're like, okay, see you, bye. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. It kind of lengthens it out. Yeah. It was, and I think we, I can't really, I don't remember the interview totally, but I do I think we talked about it with Paul, and we said it was really reminiscent of MIVW Friday night at the hotel, you know, the night before, everybody's just chilling out, having a few beers, and car set up around you can sort of yeah. stand around that was fun so we went back then to the hotel after that and had a few drinks with raf and bernice in their hotel because they had the kids with them we left them about 11 o'clock kind of thing yeah and went down into the car park 
uh, to meet Paul Coulson and Mike and John Coulson. Or sorry, John Coulson and Mike and Paul O'Hara, um, a whole bunch of guys basically, who then we proceeded to drink in the car park to half one in the morning and be very hungover <laughs> the next day. Um, at one point, John produced uh, what is literally a mason jar full of moonshine. I was like, okay, here oh, we yes. go. Very, very good. Uh, surprisingly smooth, much smoother than any potching I've ever had, which was good. I mean, it was so clear, so it was. Well, yes, it looked all right. The first thing we did was like hold it up to the light and be like, "Well, I can see through it perfectly. It's crystal clear, so that's a good start." <laughs> um, no, it was a good crack hanging out with those guys, and it was literally like being seventeen again, standing in the car park, except you're absolutely hammered. <laughs> um, and then after that, was on to the actual show the next day. Yeah. We sat down with the People's Car podcast on first thing in the morning, about maybe 10 in the morning, mm-hmm. and yeah. got absolutely fried. So you guys heard that in the previous episode. We released that with them. Great to meet those guys. They were set up at the Volks- yeah. Volkscrack. Shout out to them for doing, for doing that. That was great. Oh, so yeah. They, was, uh, they helped us immensely with that. It was fantastic. They were set up at the Volkscrack tent. So John from Volkscrack is like venting for T-shirts and hoodies and things like that really really good people and we sort of based ourselves there as well because our friend Raph Reckon Ralph he had his cabriolet on their stand as well so mm-hmm. it was just an absolute hangout central there which was nice yeah um so what the show itself what sort of car numbers is there do you think or did you I think Paul told us it was like thir- no 1200 maybe or something like that that is mental um yeah, yeah it was absolutely crazy like you're walking around you know and you're just like and as we we kind of talked about this in the in the in the interview with him too, like not every car is a show car. The same as every show you go to, you know, of that twelve hundred or whatever number it is, you're going to have cars that aren't show cars essentially. And you're like, oh, oh. yeah. But the standard of actual show cars is just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And through to like everything from air cooled, but so you had like resto mod air cooled, you had restored air cooled. You had absolutely wild. Drag, air-cooled. Um, like, uh, turbo Beetles. Yeah. There was, like, Beetles done with, like, new, like, um, like custom hot rod yeah. kind of styling. With, mm-hmm. like, the the wings removed, um, everything dimple-dyed, and, like, done to really, really high standards. Right through to, like, the more modern stuff there. You had all the Spectrum cars. It was, like, a, I think it was the second biggest gathering of the Spectrum R cars. Yeah. There was a Mark 7R Sorry, a Mark 7 GTI with a 3.6 VR6 engine in it. What else? Mark from Tons of Gas. He, yes. He had his slant nose 911 there, Nigel, like you know, the older original ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know the model number of it because I'm not good with Porsches, but he, we were chatting to him, really, really good guy. We actually, we bumped into him on the Friday night. That's right, we, yeah. We were, people were starting to kind of head home. And we were walking, but we had parked the Kia like off the field because, you know, like we didn't want the Kia in the show. Aye. And we were walking back and we bumped into Paul Barney was standing chatting to him mm-hmm. and we got chatting and he was fascinated that we were here from Ireland and asking us all about it. And then we were chatting to him about his car collection. He had a mini moak with him. Yes. If any of you know oh, what cool. that is. I, I was yeah. like, what's a mini moak doing in the States? Yeah, we had seen it earlier in the day and then it turned out it was his and uh, we gave him a reload sticker and he put it straight on the mini moke. He was like, oh, we'll have Class. to get that on and on it went. <laughs> I actually noticed Rotoform released their, their film from the show mm-hmm. and at the start of it, the mini moke rolls in and lets people out and you can see the reload sticker perfectly yes. on it. I was like, oh, yes. Oh, flip, I must check out. Yeah, it's at the very start of the video. On the, the re- re- uh, 
Rotoform YouTube channel? Yes. Um, so that was good. But the 911 was actually, the Slant Nose 911 was Mark's car. It was on the stage for a while on the Friday evening. And I didn't realize this until we're chatting with uh, Raf, you'll hear in the interview. That was actually Pablo Escobar's car. So I was like, no holy way. shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, ironic that it was white on white on white. So uh, a <laughs> nice, nice little drug reference for him. But he has some absolutely outstanding cars and everything from like modern Ferraris and Lamborghinis down to like Mark One Jettas, you know, just such an eclectic mix. Yeah, yeah you've been chatting brilliant. to Paul and saying, oh, what should I bring? He decided what to bring then. And he said the reason that he brought the Mini Moak was it was the only other car he could fit in the trailer along with the Porsche. Yeah. I Why not bring two? Yeah. And it just basically furry people about the show all day, which was cool. There was a few really nice things. There was three point sixes over there everywhere, like John Hanna's uh, Mark Three Estate. And like I'm, I'm a Mark Three guy, but I do not like estates. But I love that car. Well, well speaking what, of what, trailers, what? did you see the road? We kept calling it the road train. The road train that John arrived in. Did I send you a video of it, Nigel? No, no. John Hanna and Broken Co. and James and all those guys arrived down. So John, I thought, was trailering his car down with his pickup. And I text, uh-huh. I text him saying, how are you getting on? And he sent me a picture of him sitting at a table with beer. And I kind of went, oh, is he not coming? And then I looked in the background and went, he's in an RV. So they brought this 40-foot <laughs> RV with a 40-foot trailer this on it thing was with like two cars. The size of an Ulster bus. Like the, just the RV. Yeah. It was huge. And then a 40-foot trailer on behind it, like flatbed, like triple axle car trailer with actual wheels under the tow hitch as well, which takes load. And that reminds me at uh, Edison 38 years ago. Remember players brought yes, the big motorhome? The big RV as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I was just like, what in the name of fuck is this thing rolling in? And then I looked and seen the car and I went, oh my God, that's John, those guys. <laughs> so the backstory on that was that those guys, uh, James from Broken Co, him and his friend raced and they always had like two trailers, two pickups, you know, towing together kind of thing. And they thought, why not just put our money together and buy something we can tow everything with? And that was Makes sense. That's what they got. So it was. It they was had smart John's um, variant on, and what was John's old car? But James now owns the Mark II, the spicy olive. Yeah, so it was on the trailer as well. It was cool to see that rolling in, and again things like that you just do not see in this in this country. Like it just wouldn't work here. No, just um, sounds like an all out brilliant show. It was, was fantastic. Yeah, um, we got roped into judging. When I say roped in. Paul asked us, and we're like, yeah, no problem. Sounds very ungrateful, but. Uh, <laughs> What category do you get? The way they're judging work is like a top 30. So, All right, okay. So Just in general. I had a pack of five or six stickers. Lee had the same and then other people. And just go around and sticker the cars that you, you want to win, essentially. Yeah. Quite a good system. I really liked it. I thought it was quite smart. Yeah. What else was there? There was best wheels, best engine. The stage setup was quite cool as well. So I'll not really talk very much on it because we covered in the interview, but Paul takes a lot of his ideas for the show from European shows that he's been to. So it's it has that kind of vibe about it, which is nice. Does the stage interviews all day. Corey Sterling, our friend from Maine, he was down. At one point he was uh, doing the raffles and like Corey's absolutely insane. So he just winds everybody up doing the raffles. But some kid come up to him afterwards. He says, oh, there was a guy sitting on the side of a stage and he's left his phone here. Could you do an announcement? Corey says, yeah, no problem. I was standing beside him on the stage. And he, Corey looked at me. He goes, do you want to take selfies? And I was like, of course. So we're just taking these selfies and this guy's phone before we announce that it's it. And then he takes pictures of my ass and then he announces that the phone's out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, nice. I'm sure the guy will appreciate that. 
No, absolutely brilliant. Bumped into Sean Maynard, who we had on back in episode 10 as well. Uh, Sean's yeah. a, a good guy. So many. He couldn't even name all the people we, we bumped into and just had an absolute a ball with. Well, I was gonna just going to say, ju- when we were going around judging, it was actually really good because it, f- it forced you to go and see everything. Yes. Which was good. Because um, sometimes, you know, you can walk around a show, you get chatting to people, you miss things. And uh, so it was a good opportunity to, to see everything. Aye, it, it made you actually walk around it because yeah. you sort of go, well, there's 11 or 1200 cars here. You can't see it all. Well, we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just I was saying earlier about Volkswagen with John. He has a, a thing called a Grumman, which was there, the American Postal Service's We Post fans. Have you ever seen those, mm-hmm. Nigel? Yeah, yeah. Um, They're based on a Mark One. So for anybody who doesn't know, they're, they're based on a Mark One. They've Mark One sassy legs, a lot of Mark One engines and things they got. So the the Volkswagen Mark One community has kind of like adopted them as one of their own, even though they're not technically a Volkswagen. <laughs> so John has one that's painted, it's painted black. It's like a show car setup. It's absolutely gorgeous, but there's a modern 140 horsepower TDI common rail engine in it. It's probably the Brilliant. engine from your F4, I want to say. Um, uh, 140 would probably be the CR engine. Yeah, with a DSG box on it. Um, it's on our ride, really nice interior. It's just, it's really, really cool. Um, yeah. It's stuff like that that you kind of like to see, which is a bit different. You know, they've went the extra mile with and went, well, no one's doing this to this. I'm going to do it kind of thing. Well, actually, one thing I missed talking about was in the interview, because I listened back to the interview before we did this, and we didn't mention Paul's trophies for the show. Oh, so, yeah. That's something I really like about Dubshed is you guys always organize with Brian to do the custom trophies. And it stands out because very few people do that to that extent. And Paul does with his show. He actually gets um he gets like full like custom three piece wheels and cuts them up into trophies, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they were like painted red. They were really nice. Yeah, nice backing plates and stuff on them. Mm-hmm. So are they rotiforms or what are they? Yes, they are rotiforms. Uh, so the rotiform cut into fours and then done like almost like like a bookend you would get like an L shape yeah. kind of yes. thing I've I seen the picture of I, I was going to say I hate to see an RS tear tore up like you know no but uh, rotiform's <laughs> right damn them wild rotiforms <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so after that then we would dinner and drinks and stuff with a few of the guys on the Saturday night and then Sunday we seen a lot of them head off so we went and met them just for the last and packed up Raf's car onto the trailer and give him give him a hand with that and then recorded with him but we end up then stumbling across a muscle car meet yes we met we went to meet Corey to say bye to Corey out at the same shopping complex where the meet had been on the friday mm-hmm. um walked around with him for a, a couple hours and then he was heading off to get his flight um as we had been driving in and there was a few old cars coming and i was like snapping photos out the window i just thought they were in the traffic i was like oh there's a corvette you know like click click and then they were all turning into the shopping complex as well so we thought oh maybe there's something going on so we drove around after Corey left to see could we find where they were and we stumbled across this like american car club meet they were having and it was reminded me almost exactly of the Bambridge, like vintage car club what they have up oh, at the outlet, outlet. yeah it yeah, was just yeah. like that but in America. So it was all American cars and hot rods and <laughs> it was class. It was one of those ones where you have no notion what you're looking at. Like, I don't know what this is, but it's pretty cool, you know, yeah. that way. And then after that, we headed up to Ian and Leah. Well, we did Disney and headed up to Ian and Leah 
and see. We did the guys. Kennedy Space Center the as space well. Space Center too. Which if oh, any, if you're ever in Florida, NASA. definitely recommend as well. Yeah, if you want to feel small, that's the place to go for sure. Um, I had actually, I had actually a holiday booked um, twenty twenty October, and I was going to go. I worked out to go and watch the one of SpaceX. Oh, the launches. Um, yeah, I think it was the Falcon one or something. I forget which one it was, but I'm got it. I missed that. Like, aye. That's COVID got you on that one, unfortunately. Yeah, done me a kipper. Yep. No, so it was an absolute ball of a trip. And a big thank you to anybody who was involved in big or small with it because it, we had an absolute ball. Yeah, thanks again to the guys at People's Car and John yep. from Volkscrack for letting us hang out all day. And yeah, it was just brilliant. No, it was, it was just, good to see just people. A, just a bucket list trip, basically. That's it, yeah. It was something that we booked thinking we'll go and do the show and then it's kind of escalated in uh, two weeks and I kind of went holy <laughs> shit this is mental <laughs> um, cool. but no it was fun and as I say I fully advise anybody if you're listening to this and thinking about doing a show somewhere a bit different a lot of people do European shows like it's not much more expensive if any to go and do some of the American shows if you break the flights right so just well, you, go you, do you, you broke it down perfectly to me to go to an English show with your car it's Five hundred pound on um, boats, ferries, yeah. yeah, plus your fuel, all the rest of it. But you've got flights for a little over that or around that. Didn't flights you? for three hundred quid or no, so. No, they were it? dearer this time for Florida. We, the time we flew to Stuart was cheap. Oh, it was maybe three hundred quid. Is yeah. all I'm thinking of. But um, as you say, I mean, for the equi- for the price of a boat, okay, you can't take your car, but. It's something totally different. Like you can book cheap accommodation, you can book a cheap hire car. That's why we, why we got a Kia Soul. There wasn't much point in getting a Mustang or something, you know, no. which is going to be some sort of shitty V six anyway. And you just need you just need an ADB. Yeah, that's it. And you turn up and it works and everything's good. Yeah. Um, and everyone we've met has been so like not just on this trip but on trips we've been on before, so welcoming. You know, wants to chat to you find out why you're here know about you and come you know come hang out with us come for dinner everything you know they couldn't do enough for you yeah not only the show organizers obviously paul and and Corey from the vag fair shows but just everybody you meet just just listen just listen to you guys and listen to the interviews and all the rest of it, it just sounds like a really good vw community show it really is yeah that, it's 100%, that's they're really definitely the way to and it's great it's a lot of old heads and it's you know that yeah. remember the old days of being friendly with everybody and not competing in that regard yeah. so that's nice um well, that's 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 the way i kind of look at castle well stroke as we move into eurotreff and i think that's what that show should be yes you know? that's exactly what it, what it should be yeah it's chilled out day for everybody to enjoy the a monster of a show it, so yeah that's to... a different vibe <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a totally different vibe well on that point then about the shows and about listening to the interviews, will we drop them in here? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So Sounds good. Hopefully you enjoy them, guys. So it's the Sunday after Eurotripper. We're in the hotel room. Lee and I are sitting down with our good friend Reckon Ralph, aka Ralph Cabrera. So hello Ralph. Good morning. How are you? All good. As I say, it's the Sunday after Eurotripper. You're about to roll out. Yeah, we got the car all loaded up this morning. I appreciate your help with that. Yes, thank you for letting us help you. It's oh, yeah. uh, always an honor. Yes, my pleasure. I know you're very fussy about things like that. <laughs> oh, yes. Only only people who I know have the high, the same high standard can, can help. And me, obviously. Yes, there yeah. you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how long is your drive back? So we, we have, it's 
it says eight and a half hours, um, but with two kids, you know, that's that's going to take a lot longer. So we'll probably spend 12 hours in the car yeah. uh, on the way back up to the Panhandle. Which, as we said before, is fascinating for us because we can do top to bottom of Ireland in six hours. Yeah. And you're yeah. still in the same state. Same state. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about you in the podcast before. People probably know we're longtime friends. I think we started chatting back in like 2016 or so. Yeah. Obviously over the love of cars and then the love of being two idiots now. Do you want to describe your car, what you brought down? Yep. So I brought down my 1989 Cabriolet that I restored back in 2015. Um, it is cavalier green, as John Hazel would say. Um, the green came off of the 99 to 2000 um, Chevy Cavalier. Uh, full respray on that. Full shave of the bay. Full shave of the exterior. Um, on airlift, performance struts, V2 management, um, 1AT swap out of a... Actually, you're a Mark IV over That's from right, your yeah. market. Yeah. So the AGU code Mark IV, um, excuse um, me, 118. You went for that because they're they're a stronger engine? Absolutely, yeah. It's got the, the forged bottom end. It didn't have any of the, the emissions like we have over here too. So it's, it's less I had to delete off that motor. That's good, yeah. So you'll be reluctant to say this, but it's a high-end car because I know you're quite humble about things like this. Um, that obviously comes from you as like you're very particular about how you do things like the paintwork on it is immaculate obviously but the fact that you actually drive the car too you know you might trailer down here but you're not going to load your family into an 89 cabriolet and drive 10 hours you know two <laughs> yeah kids. definitely not not enough room for anything <laughs> yeah because that's over here like the culture a lot of people trailer things down you know we're at home yeah which is understandable yeah. given some of the the distances the trailer queen thing isn't a thing here when you consider you how far you have to travel like john hannah you seen yeah. when he rolled in so john arrived in like a 40 foot rv with a 40 foot trailer with two cars on behind it uh, yeah absolutely uh, that thing is absolutely insane which you don't see at home yeah, yeah. um so the cabaret itself engine work wise what have you done to it uh, so it's got a port and polished head. I went with a uh, slightly bigger than stock turbo. So it has a KO4 XL on there. You have injectors as well. Yeah, 386cc injectors. So the Audi TT injectors in there, um, just to open intake. Um, what sort of horsepower is that putting down? So we estimated it a little bit high, um, but as we found out when uh, we went down to Mexico and, and raced with uh, Gabe, I'm oh, not making right. as much horsepower as I thought I was. So we put it around maybe 230-ish yeah. into and the wheels. How, much is that, how heavy is that car? I think the the wet weight on it advertised is probably 2,100 pounds. Oh yeah, so it's just under a ton for us then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's such an impressive car because as I say, like... You look around it and it does clean up with shows. You know, it lifts prize. Like yesterday, it lifted two prizes. It lifted a top 30 prize and best engine. Best engine as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fix Fest, would you win like six trophies or something? Uh, I brought home four for four. Fix Fest. Yeah. So, but you actually do drive the car. You, you take it to work on days. And yeah, know. absolutely. My, you know, Gabriel, my son, enjoys the car. So I try to take him out, you know, as much as I can in it. And, and you know bernice likes it too you know put the top down and, and drive around so when we can get out we definitely get out in it that's good yeah because you do see cars like that and you think like that doesn't turn a wheel or you know it sits under a cover or you know until a show comes out it's not the case yeah majority of its life it is in my garage underneath the cover but like i said i do try to enjoy it as much as i can i yeah. built it to drive not to just sit in my garage that's that's what it should be so what do you think of your tripper I'm completely blown away. The level of cars, the amount of cars, like I, I was asking a couple of people, you know, including Lee and yourself, like, is there anything, is there such thing as too many cars? Because it was 
you know, ridiculous. By 10 o'clock in the morning, the show field was absolutely packed and cars were still pouring in. Yeah, because we recorded, as people have heard on this now, uh, with the People's Car Podcast, and we sat down about 10.30, Lee. Yeah. And when we finished after around an hour, we turned around and the, what started as an empty field just turned into, like, absolute chaos. It was yeah. the queue on the road, like, the... For people who were at the show, they'll understand about there was two gates and it was literally queued down the road from one gate to the other. And then inside the park grounds, like right down the length again, queuing cars just to get in. I have never seen a queue like that to get into a show in my life, like ever. And we just rolled past in the Kia, like, hi guys. <laughs> yeah, we, we did a bit of, uh, we, we told a few lies. So the full crack guys, shout out to John, he had said, you know, say you're trading with us and you skip the queue so we rolled up spoke to this guy i don't know it was my accent or he just didn't like people or what and he was like <laughs> uh uh go talk to that guy so i went to the other guy and then i was like um he says we can park over there <laughs> and he's like okay park over there and then we went back to the original guy and he's like yeah that guy over there says we can park there and he was like really oh okay I was like, okay, we'll park up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Big shout out to Johnny for for the car sitting at the booth. Um, yeah, you were on the Volkscrack booth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he approached me at the uh, at the meet, asked me to be a booth car, and I just I couldn't turn down the opportunity. So that was that was pretty cool. Him. Yeah, no, he's such a good guy, and those and Ryan and Danny from People's Car as well. So really good hanging out with them. Yeah, absolutely great week with those guys. It was good to finally meet them in person, uh, Ryan and Danny. So yeah. Definitely. That's we got to dinner with them last night as well. Yeah, a little bit of mellow mushroom after. with the boys. Oh, yeah. Wings. Wings, too. Yeah. Lots of pretzels. Oh, yeah, a lot of pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Danny underestimated how much food he was going to get. <laughs> a plate of pretzels. Yeah. Plus the wings, plus a pizza. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, so it's been absolutely fantastic. Had your favorite car, although on your own, obviously, had your favorite car at your Trevor? <sighs> Boy, I'm trying to think back and recollect through all the cars I saw. Um, it, it was good to see air cooled. Yeah, yeah. At the shows, you know, a lot of the um, the shows that we attend don't bring in a big air cooled scene. And big shout out to Paul for bringing those guys out. So yeah. a lot of beautiful air cooled cars. The slant nose there. Porsche. The slant nose Porsche. Uh, that's probably my favorite car. Yeah, especially it was that Pablo Escobar's name was attached to that car. Yeah. So that that was pretty cool. Oh to no, see. sorry, I didn't know that. What, what was Did the story you not hear that? that? Yeah, no. yeah, that was Pablo Escobar's old car. Really? Yeah, I guess he had that one and a pink one at one point in his life. And that was the actual car. And that was the actual car. Yeah, that, it was Mark. You called the fellow, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he, he was a nice guy. He got tons it. of gas on Instagram. Is that? Oh, I must. I'll start following them. Yeah, we, we it, met him on the Friday night, and a really interesting guy. But I didn't realize that was Pablo Escobar. <laughs> yeah, quite the stable of cars from Porsches to Lotuses to Lamborghinis, Ferraris. The same, but the same guy. Yeah, that guy Mark. Yeah, but he yeah. also has like every model of Mini made. So like the Minis that we got back home, he has like a Mini, like a standard Mini hatchback, um, like the sixty style ones. Clubman, Clubman, the Woody, like the Traveler, like the kind of like the. The wagon type one. I'd have to look more into minis. Um, and a mini moke, a mini which he had at the show. So the mini moke was like a kit car. I think it was from the 70s or 80s. And where they cut the body away on a mini. Mm-hmm. You might have seen it at the show. It was like lime green. The green. Oh, he was toting all his buddies around in. Yeah. So there that's like go. a kit car you convert from a mini. We right. slapped, it's a bit like a beetle. We slapped a reload sticker onto thing. it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. It was shout out to Mark because we well gave done. him a sticker and he put it straight on. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So like he's quite a collection of stuff that ranging as you say from like lamborghinis and slant nose porsches down to like minis and things yeah, like that, which yeah, are a bit different here um yeah he's another one of those guys that hopped in the rv and drove like 15 hours down 
was absolutely his his fuel bill was more than our flights. Yeah, it's outrageous. I don't know how. Well, I mean, I guess you get a good paying job, you can afford that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So Euro Tripper, you come back again? I'll definitely. I'll be back. This is my my first one Euro Tripper nine, and I'll try to be back as many years in a row as I can. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah it's it's a seriously impressive show, and the fact that you have people coming from like the northeast, you know, like Corey flew down from Maine, but your cars are from like Jersey and all that. There you, you know? go. Yeah, Gates coming down. Oh yeah, and, and a lot of other people. No, it was very, very impressive to see the, the turnout for it. And yeah. local stuff too, you know. But I suppose this is Florida's show season. Yeah, absolutely. Because obviously it gets too hot in the in the summer. Yeah, it wraps up in November with Fixed Fest. So I don't know if you want to call that the, be- the, the, the beginning or the end, excuse me. Yeah. But, you know, and November and now this right around in February. Excellent. And is this tail off show, uh, Florida's show season? You know, does it? Uh, is there anything after Eurotripper? Um, as far as the Volkswagen community specifically is concerned, you know, I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. I know there's, um, March 6th, I'm going to Slammed Enough in Destin, but uh-huh. that's more of a JDM, Tilty Boy, oh, yeah. Tilty Wheels. Show them how it's done, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go out there, bring it out. I've had a guy who shot my car for a Slammed Enough feature and he mm-hmm. kept trying to get me to go out there. So, you know, it's only an hour and a half away. So that's good. Throw the family in the car and head out for the day. No, it's it's good to see other things too. You know, we've said that before. You know, you want to look at different scenes, and but we also said last night over dinner that, like the Volkswagen community, I don't think there's anything like it. It's such a tight like community. And as I said, we flew over here. I seen about five or six cars that I hadn't seen that I wanted to see, and after that, right. I'm like, who are we talking to? Let's <laughs> let's chill out. That's yeah. what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. So like your your wife Bernice isn't into cars. No, not at all. And she was she was blown away, you know, by every all the nice things people had to say about the car. Just people being friendly, just having general conversation, not necessarily about cars, but you know, yeah, just, just want to talk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because everyone's there with the same sort of mentality of want to chill out, hang out, and see what's happening. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. Um, any more you're going to do to the cabriolet? Have you anything planned? Um, anything you want to tell us about? Or you want to keep secrets? So I, I mean, I got a couple of mods coming, Dennis. Um, FF Metalworks. FF Metalworks. Yeah, well, now he changed his name over to Dennis. I, I can't even say his last name. Yeah, Dennis whatever. LeCouf. Yeah, Lacouf. There LeCouf you go. Machining. Shout out to Dennis. Um, he's got, he took my, an old plastic sill that I had and I sent it up there and he's going to make me some all aluminum sills mm-hmm. for the door. Um, I know Paul Blarney has a pair of like rare OEM sills and you from can. From the Swallowtail, is it? Yes, yeah, from yeah. the Swallowtail. And then you can't find those anywhere. So I've always wanted a set. So I'm gonna have Dennis make me a set, and he's he's having a hell of a time. He said making those, <laughs> put them to the test. Oh, yeah, maybe uh, Brock Bickford is helping me out with something with my wheels. Oh, I'm gonna keep well, that. I know what it is now. I'm then. gonna keep that yeah. keep that on the wraps for a little while longer. <laughs> yeah, Brock's a smart guy. He knows what's happening. <laughs> yes, he's a very smart guy. Um, I would love to do a CE shifter, maybe a big turbo, so I can come after Gabe again. But. Um, <laughs> You know. Yeah, for those that don't know, Gabe has a Mark II Jetta with a pretty similar engine setup to you. Yeah, and uh, Gabe's like myself; he's a bit of a shit talker. He likes to give you <laughs> give you grief. And you guys went head to head, and basically, uh, he walked you. Yeah, nothing but taillights, as yeah. my father would say. <laughs> <laughs> Which is disappointing for you. But yeah, it's okay. Was, he didn't mention it all weekend. No, not once. No, I think it was the first thing he said when he walked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he said was, the trophy you got was for slowest cabriolet. Yeah, yep. it's all right. Oh dear. Um, so you're going to Helen then with us as well? Yeah, absolutely. We booked for Helen. I'm super pumped for that. Um, seeing everybody down there again, you know, that brings 
um, some other people out too. I mean, as far as out west too, I think uh, Ben Hobson comes all the way oh, out yeah. from, I can't remember where he's from. Yeah, he's like the other side of the country essentially. Yeah, Wichita, Kansas, I don't know, somewhere. Somewhere in I don't know anything nowhere. about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's far. He's probably the only Volkswagen owner out there where he's at. But it's funny because like people people do drive down to this like last night we were having dinner with uh well people's car podcast and you guys too and yes. heather and earl and like they're up near atlanta is it yeah they're, they're not they're not very far so they drove down in her fahrenheit gti and how long is that is it like a i think they said about eight eight hours yeah. nine hours and you just said that oh they're not too far away oh, oh i thought we were <laughs> still talking about helen but yeah from from down all the way southwest Florida, yeah. yeah, they're pretty far. So you do get people that still drive those distances in the cars as well. And like Absolutely. her car sat there on the show field as nice as anything else that was around it. Oh, yeah. it was, in fact, it was a lot nicer than some of the things that was around it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And to drive it that far too. That's yeah. kind of what Toby gives me, gives me hell all the time. He tells me to flog my car and, and drive the piss out of it because he used to drive his car 16 hours all the way to uh, H2O. Oh, yeah, because he's coming down from, is it like Connecticut or somewhere like that? Or uh, Mass? I, I can't remember where yeah i think at. he's he's up up in the cold he's up there yeah, yeah. so 16 hours in in a jetta mark one jetta does he do it now though because he's he's getting old you know i wouldn't put it past him no like well, i would not put it past him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a he's uh, stubborn enough to do it oh yeah definitely yeah. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up there. Thanks very much for sitting down. Absolutely, with us. it's been you know you took me by surprise when you asked me to come on. Um, it's it's always been a, a a dream of mine, I guess you could say, to to be part of the global reload podcast no so. you've just been smart <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no i've wanted to have you on for a long time and we do phone interviews and i only do phone interviews when we have no other option i always knew we would get sitting down with you at some point but yeah. obviously we wanted to do more when we're here and we end up like we just chill out and drink beer and eat wings and there you end up not doing things you run around other than podcasting which we should be doing so <laughs> you know, it's, it's great to get sitting down with you absolutely i appreciate it That's, thank you very much absolutely okay so as everyone knows we're here at euro tripper weekend in florida paul barney the organizer of the show has kindly give us a few minutes of his time paul's a good friend of ours so say kindly give us he we forced him into it <laughs> so we're here to his lock up giving him a hand to dismantle the show essentially so paul how's it going very good. Thank you for, for helping. Of course, what'd you call it? My lockup? Your lockup, yeah. My what lock do you guys up? call this? Um, shop, I shop. guess. Oh, there we go. <laughs> this is the language barrier again. Um, so do you want to tell us about a year tripper, how it came about? Okay, sure. Well, let's see, I guess, so I, you know, the short version was I was in the, in the cars down here and always having to travel somewhere to go to a show. And the story I tell a lot of people is I was on Vortex one day in the regional Florida chat and yeah, complaining about, I think we were talking about going to H2O and people were talking about putting their car on the train and then problems with the train and this and that. And I hadn't, I hadn't been to H2O yet. And I was like, why is it we have to go so incredibly far for, for car shows? There's, there's stuff going on here. Why don't we have something here? And some, some guy just commented and he's like, stop bitching about it and do, do something about it. Right. And I was like, <laughs> huh, I wonder, I wonder what, you know, so my mind started going and I didn't do it right away. It took, I started really thinking about it for a couple of years. Um, I was very nervous about liability. Yeah. Initially, this is the time when H H2O was still going bad, not as bad as it got to be, but going bad and going downhill. 
Yeah, and Sogo was having problems, and so I was very nervous about, you know, if I did something, like, how do you keep the, the problem people out and that kind of thing. Um, it seems to be a lot of problems that shows like that. You know, it's it can be hit and miss. You get a really good show, and next thing a bad crowd comes and just tanks. Yeah, and me, for me, I mean, I don't know if there's a perfect answer for that, but for me, I think venue is a large part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was where I really spent the most most time on was trying to look at venues that I felt like I could control um, where however it was set up there was you know not a lot of entry points or something and a way to effectively manage it yeah funnel um, it all one through the one area right as much as possible so it's funny I know you guys are probably in the same boat like but now I find myself like every time I'm driving I'm always looking and I'm like oh could you do a show there could you oh, do yeah. a show there yeah right? you know, like, all the time it never um, switches off right right <laughs> <laughs> so it's always kind of interesting. Brain's always crunching through what would it, what a, what would a show would look like at that and stuff. So, but yeah, I spent a lot of time. I took like two years trying to think about you know the legality and how to protect myself and things like that, and just asking a lot of questions of other promoters and all of that. So, so yeah, it took like I said, it took a couple of years and finally picked a spot. Not the spot that we're in now, but we picked a spot that's a local um, hockey arena. Okay, yeah. It's right off the highway there, um, and it was good. But the uh, there was I'd say the location itself was good, but the management was terrible. They just lied and lied and lied to me. They never did any of the things they would told they told me they would do two years in a row. And so yeah. after the second year, I was like, you know, pull a plug. Yeah, got to yeah. find someplace else. It's stressful enough running the show without the organization that you're actually hosting it at fighting you as well. Never right. mind anybody else that's coming to it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and that place is under new management now, so who knows? Maybe it's fine, but um, we're quite happy where we're at now. It's um, it was. I mean, each time I've really stretched myself. Like I, I could have gone both. Both those places were rather expensive and rather a stretch for what for, you wanted to do for where I was. Wasn't sure if we could make it work, you know, exp- um, with the budget and everything. But I always just felt venue was really important for. You know, so I could have done it at something cheaper, like uh, some sort of a park or something, or some sort of a parking lot in a you know big shopping center or something like that, um, and saved money. But I, I just felt like having a, a known, established venue was um, was an important thing. And again, I think that takes a lot from the UK shows. Um, when I was, what you know, looking at all those shows, uh-huh. and they're all the hall shows that you have, and things like that, like all the dubs. Yeah, those shows. And then, of course, like Players was at a you know, really cool airfield, Edition. Um, all of them were always at nice, nice places. You know, Classic, of course, is at, you know, top-notch venue in the oh, world. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so, yeah, just I always, always, the European shoes, like we've talked about, were always an inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the name came from as well because I, I – all this while I'm working for um, a German software company. And so I'm going to Europe all the time during the year for work, mm-hmm. um, was going to, to the car shows as well. So people started saying I was going on a year, another Euro trip and would started like my friends would just call me the Euro tripper or stuff. Right. So whatever. <laughs> and it's like, uh, maybe we'll use that for a name. That's pretty cool. I actually thought about Euro tripping first, like, uh-huh. like, like tripping, but people like that's, that's, I don't know, kind of an old slang from the 60s, like, yeah, you're, like you're you're tripping. Tri- tripping on acid or whatever yeah. and stuff. And I don't think the young kids would have understood it. So, no. So, uh, 
you weren't avoiding the drug reference. You just didn't think they would understand. Right, right. <laughs> that that was my my kind of mindset. Was yeah. you know it's the drug. Yeah, you're yeah, exactly. Yeah, good point. Yeah, but yeah, I went with this name. Not everyone really gets it, but no, it's, it's cool. It's kind of stuck now. Um, so. Yes, yeah, so you're saying they're a bit drawn inspiration from the other other shows you've been to around Europe. You know, you can see that because Lee. Well, a bit about the show, the Friday night. You have a barbecue mission barbecue here, military based. Yep. Um, they set up the barbecue and guys can come show the cars in the field. It gives you were saying it gives us a chance for the vendors to set up, but it allows something else to happen. You know, so it turns a like a two a one day show into a day and a half, two days kind of thing. But Lee would even tell you there. It was. It really reminded me of MIVW the night before that they have at the ML Hotel. Have you done it before, Paul? Yeah. Yes, I've been to MIVW twice now or three times. Yeah. Um, and, and we said when we went to MIVW, that was our favorite bit of the show was the right. Friday night at the hotel. It was the vibe and it was just so fun and chilled. And and that's the exact vibe we got from the Friday night at your show. So again, if that's what you're trying to draw from, it's, it's working it well. <laughs> yeah, MIVW is definitely one of my favorite memories for sure of all those trips. Um, and Rob and Emil and those guys were just so, so amazingly nice and friendly to me. Um, when, yeah. they, when they knew I was coming over, they even put my my logo on all the show banners and stuff. And, Very nice. Um, oh, they, that's awesome. They brought me into the, um, you know, into the team with setting up and I did all the dinners with the crew afterwards and beforehand and stuff. And it was, oh, they're just such a great group of guys. And, and yeah, I agree. The hotel is um yeah, it was such it's a, a pinnacle for me. Yeah, like that would be a dream to have a car that I could have put on in the indoor in the in the big hall of the hotel. Like that was. You already have one car that I would classify you could put in there, and you're building <laughs> another. <laughs> yeah, was, but that would be amazing to be. Um, I and it, I actually didn't go in the real early days when when the air you know because they kept losing airfield. That's over, right. Over yeah. the years, right? It would have been. That's one thing I regret is. Not seeing it it's when it's full, full size. Um, I mean, it was quite, when I was there, it was 3,500 cars, they told me, uh-huh. I think. So I mean, it's still a ton of cars. But That's a lot of cars. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of cars. Um, um, what sort of numbers were you guys getting over the weekend for your show? So we wound up with about 1,100 um, is where, where we think we figured, finished Excellent. out. Yeah, so That's a serious amount of cars in the show field. Yeah, so, it was big. Talking about Eurotripper then, it's set across, um, some of the UK listeners will get this, but like three regulation size soccer pitches where right. the show is across. You have a stage set up, probably taken from the likes of VW Days Edition 38. The stage is fantastic because it gives a focal point for the show, uh, not only to do your prizes from, but you tr- you bring cars up on, don't you? So you, you talk to people on the stage? Yeah, it's a lot of fun for sure, like having... Ralph up there as an example, like, yeah, just, it's, it's really, and him, him and his son up there talking about the car and seeing his son really excited. It's great to see, just, yeah. Yeah, just cr- puts a whole different kind of feel for a show, I feel like, than, you know, than just walking around all day and it gets people a chance to, you know, really hear, hear some neat stories and, and it blows me away actually every interview practically, I feel like, like i you know, like I felt like I knew Ralph's car pretty well, and uh-huh. then he starts telling me stuff up there that I didn't know either. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's it's cool. Um, I've seen that car three times in person now. He would video call me a lot when he's working on it, so I've seen like videos around the car, seen constant photos of it. And every time I see that car, there's something I haven't seen from before, right? And it's not something that he's changed, it's something that's been there, but 
It's like when we were loading it onto the trailer, I was underneath it looking up through how the wiring was run. Everything's so good around that car. Nice, nice. And he uh, had color-coded anti-roll bars, did you say? Yeah, the anti-roll bars were color-coded to <laughs> the body. I was like, this is... I was going to say it's insane, but he is insane, so... Um, but then there's other things that like, so like, we have his high-end car. There's other cars that you say necessarily... No, wouldn't necessarily draw your eye on the show field, but when you get them onto the stage, they have a good story behind them as well. Yeah, I tried to mix it up. I mean, I... I mean, I'm all for having, um, encouraging the scene and having high quality, you know, really um, goal setting cars. But at the same time, like I try not to make it such a massive hurdle. And so when possible for, for guys to think that they can never get to that point. You know, so, you know, I try to try to encourage, encourage young kids and, and people as much as possible. So however I can do that, whether that's putting them in our, in our mutts nuts section or getting them on stage. I mean, obviously we can't get we we did a good amount of interviews yesterday i think we did about 25 maybe very good yeah um, you know so that's actually pretty good for some years we've only did like 10 or so just because of weather or we're too busy or whatever but um so we did a pretty good day yesterday but still you know compared to 1100 cars you know there's um there's a lot more out there yeah and i i really enjoy the stage it's definitely unique for the u.s for sure as far as i know it's the only one in the u.s um, at a european show um yeah like you said definitely it's more common in in the europe in the um, uk and mainland europe shows but at the same time yeah i feel bad because there's a lot of people that would like to get up there um you can't do everyone though right yeah and uh and it's a liability you know like i I've there's people that come up to me after the show and want to get up there and we're you know, that, yeah. yeah and we're trying to break down and you know I can't I can't just have you know that's it's a big it, it, building it to begin with was was a big risky proposition I had to get it engineered and actually it took a couple of years even finding someone that would even do that Talk, oh really oh yeah i was talking like local stage companies they were like no that, that would be crazy you know um <laughs> putting a car on the stage <laughs> yeah like that would yeah. be it's not it's not designed for that you know and stuff so we had i had to get some of it engineered and found a guy that would finally do it and um but the first year we were definitely nervous you know like i'd you know like obviously i'd been to europe and had seen that it was possible but you know i mean everything's different in europe i mean the, the the, a two by four is not a two by four in Europe. You know, I mean, slightly different. Yeah, uh, everything is everything. Where the way you build homes, the way you build everything is is different. So, even if I could get someone from Edition or whatever to give me the specs, it probably would have been. It doesn't translate. Does not necessarily. Not anyway. necessarily the same thing. So, but I didn't could I could never get that. I just got that. Here's pictures, and it's possible, right? And I maybe got a little bit of pictures of some of the uh-huh. you know underpinnings of it. But still, yeah, it was not something that anyone, especially here in Florida, had had done. So it was um, it was a little scary. Um, you also don't want to run someone's Mark Seven up the stage and then it goes through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> like I mean, I mean, there's. I've had definitely. I think the first couple of years, I definitely had fears of like this, like the whole whole thing collapsing while we're all up there, and like who knows? Yeah, <laughs> what happens then? People dying or something, you know, like. But did you get the publicity for the show though? The stage, yeah, or collapsing? Oh, that would yeah, that would get publicity. <laughs> the, the wrong kind of publicity, yeah, huh? yeah, for sure. I've heard people say there's no such thing as bad publicity, only publicity. <laughs> well, but you you forget coming as a european you forget how how litigious of a country america is right we, true, yeah we 
we can sue you for millions and millions and <laughs> yeah just destroy your life yeah destroy your life so it's a different different uh different way here but um yeah so no it, it's it's worked out and um it, it definitely is a fun part of it um i still have a lot of things i still want to do to it more like i do like the way a lot of the European shows have like the crew up there on their couches and stuff uh-huh. and they all kind of the crew gets to relax during the show and watch the show like that would be nice if we could get to that point. And we did the big video screen this year. That was another thing I, I borrowed from Europe. I borrowed that from Ilche and the guys at VW Days. That's something we actually do at Dubshed too. And oh, nice. We find it makes a big difference for prize given, especially because, as you said, Lee, like when you started going to shows, you didn't necessarily know the cars, know the people. So... You get up onto the stage, you read out someone's name has won a prize, or it's like, say, Raf Cabrera's Mark One. Right. We might know him, but a lot of people don't, you know, right. so they're yeah. clapping for something they don't know what's happening. So if you yeah. have an image behind, at least you can kind of go, yeah, I've seen that. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I did get good feedback yesterday from people who said that really helped a lot. It was a little bit of a technology problem for us because we had to, you know, try to sequence everything and get a oh, picture. Oh, believe me. Yeah. We know. That was Lee's baby for <laughs> about four years. That's my baby at dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. So no, it worked really well. Um, have you anything else you're trying to do? You, you constantly push the show, do different things with it. Are you looking at other shows to bring other things in? And there's a lot of. I mean, I want it. I'd like to make it more of. Um, like I, I, I really, I really was always into like the action sports too. So like we we have the BMX um, display team doing stuff during the show, which is cool. That's a you know professional team with half pipes and uh-huh. and everything. And um, did you see the little the little kid? I did, yeah. I've seen the yeah. videos of it, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Like, so the, you know, I think they're cool, but I'd like to go further. I'd like to have, um, there's a motocross team that I've been wanting Ooh, to get for a while to that come. That would be cool. And they bring like the really big ramps and get, you know, really high and get really crazy stunts. And I'd like to get that the, one. The year. only problem with motocross or any kind of motorized stuff is the noise. Yeah. We had the, we have the petrol carts. Or yeah. The little, like, uh, like RC. Like nitro RC like cars. cars, and they're really fun to watch, but they're really loud. Yeah, it's like someone strumming the lawn. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, so if, if they were over the far side of the field where they where they were, at your show would probably be fine. But you wouldn't want them in the middle of the field; you'd never hear yourself. Yeah, yeah. The beauty of where your show is too, it's Jet Blue Park, which is a major league baseball training ground, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, for the Boston Red Sox. It's their spring training. Florida, Florida's, Florida and Arizona are, are the places where all the major league baseball teams go to do their spring training before the regular season so you have a lot of expansion if you do want to grow the show it's always there yeah where we're at is really only about a third of the total venue like there's three other soccer fields on the other side and then there's a big bit in the center too um and technically i do rent the entire place so you can do what you want (laughs) yeah technically we could go all the way over uh, to those it would be obviously a challenge with you know, just the one stage and all of yeah. that. There'd be people way, yeah. way on the other side of the stadium that wouldn't even. Well, that a- was actually something I found. I was at MIVW back in 2019. I happened to be a bit like yourself. I was in the area for work and I just stayed on for the show. And they had the new venue, which was at like a man made beach. So yep, they yep, they'd, yep. they'd change venue. And like any show, a first event or first venue, you're always going to have teeth and problems at it. Right. And that's what happened was when they set up around the beach, everything was at one side. So as you traveled around, you got further and further away. And it felt more like a car park as opposed to a show, essentially. So what you're saying there is likely right. Right. You don't want to grow too much. Yeah. Plus your staffing levels and stuff too. How do you control that? 
Yeah, yeah, and the staffing would definitely get... Um, and it's weird because it won't grow... Like, I've watched how it grows. It's not going to grow next year to the point where it's so large that we need all of that. It's going to grow another, you know, 10 or something percent or something, yeah. right? So, a nice steady. Yeah, which is nice, but at the same time, it's like, it'd be better... For for the guys in the show, I know they'd be better if we could just keep cramming them in, into the main field, right? Uh-huh. And just find keep finding more holes and keep cramming them in instead of having, you know, ten percent of the guys out out in a separate field. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel bad for those guys that come at the you know come late and they wind up in that in that extra place because they're really kind of you know almost in, like you said a car park almost by their own. I was going to say they should just turn up early, but I seen the queues into the park from the main road. My I've never seen cues into a show like that ever. And of course, like you know from running shows, I mean, I I don't necessarily want everyone to show up early. No, no, definitely <laughs> not. You want it spread out. So, uh, yeah, there's you know a little bit of stuff to figure out there. If it, if it, you know, maybe we won't put as much in the other fields and kind of spread it a little bit to where the other the the overflow field is is uh-huh. e- equally full maybe maybe that's how we'll do it no um, it, was, it was an impressive sight when we we rolled up at the ten thirty kind of thing and they were queued like down the main road back in the other gate across the show like not across the show field but across like the trailer parking and up and i was just like this is absolutely insane so we kind of rolled up in the kia looking like we weren't going to show because it's obviously a kia and then just pass <laughs> right. everyone we're like hello we're just going to park over here right <laughs> So it worked well. Yeah, I've been there. Oh, yeah. Um, so you guys run another show as well in Helen. You want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, so that's um, in Helen, Georgia. Um, it's a, um, you know, it's much more complicated with with that. There's a long, long history of Volkswagen, Audi car shows being in Helen, Georgia. Even before Sowa, which everyone knows, there was a long history of people going to... I mean, Helen, Georgia is a um, purposely built German tourist town, German themed tourist town. So all beautiful. Yeah, all the all the buildings and all all the decorations of the town are all purposely um, themed to be like a a German village. Um, And so obviously it fits perfect with with the cars. Um, So it's always been a big popular spot for for German cars um, fans to do things. But um, yeah, there's a lot of complicated history. So it's and it's not a big giant venue like we have here, where no. you can just put a bunch of cars. Um, so it's it's difficult because it, it has a lot of complications and a lot of history and a lot of bad blood with some of the other shows that were there before. And um, for me, it's just a very personally, it's a very special place. It was really what got me really passionate about about um, Volkswagen scene and wanting to do a lot of the things I wound up doing. So I've, when it went bad and when it had all of its problems, I, I, it had a very sour taste with me that there was this small town that thought of us enthusiasts um, as these terrible people. Yeah. And that was one of the things that bothered me was um, cause I, we knew, I knew you got to know a lot of those people well yourself going all those years so Mm -hmm. i knew a lot of those people and people i was renting cabins from and stuff and business people that we had been seeing years and years going to the same restaurants and patronizing the same places every year when we would go and suddenly you're the devil yeah and then all of a sudden you're you know we're paid painted as these terrible people and um that was i mean 
So that was one of my objectives was to try to rebuild the relationship and our, 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 our image, um, but also try to bring back something. Cause like I said, I think of it as a very special place. So it's, you know, it's challenging. A lot of people kind of ask me why we even try because it's, um, even still, even though we're, we've had two events so far and they've been successful and the town is happy with us so far. Um, it's never easy. It's, it's always, a. you're always worried about it slipping back into that. Oh, there, there's, thing. there's definitely a lot of people that don't, you know, they're watching very closely. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the side that people don't see is like, you're here in Florida, obviously how far is Helen, Georgia away? Oh, quite a bit. Yeah. It's, it's a flight. It's not, it's not something we can drive. So we, and you, you flew up regularly to meet those people. Oh yeah. Like the first year we flew up uh, 13 times. Um, <laughs> to, That's impressive. To, to, to work on this show. So yeah, it's quite a quite an effort, and um, you know they have they honestly have no incentive to um, you know to to, to accommodate us. Um, yeah, pe- I, that's people. what I noticed. Sorry, the first time we came over was twenty nineteen to that show it was our first actual US Volkswagen show. I would say mm-hmm. that you had actually said that they don't need us here. You know, people think they need our business. They don't. They right. survive without it. We're guests in their town. Exactly. Yeah. And it's funny, actually, it's with COVID, it's actually gotten even more that way, um, that COVID's like the best thing that ever happened to to that little town. They get a break? Um, they've just got a huge influx of tourism because people couldn't, you know, get on a plane and go wherever. So everyone's going to places that they can drive for the weekend. And Yeah. That's um, kind of like back home as well. Yeah. And if you find that difficult with setting up the show for this year, you know, is that played into it or are they still happy enough? Yeah. I mean, um, it was part of the whole yeah process for sure and um and the town's growing too that's the other thing is the town is growing so some of the spots that used to be you know empty uh-huh. fields that we could use for car activities they're they're disappearing too so yeah and as you say yourself it's not a traditional style show so on the run-up for the first few days to the quote-unquote show you have meat set up around the place yeah that's the first thing i try to tell people is if you're looking for a big car show, that's not what we're trying to do at all, right? It's not um, not what Eurotripper is or anything where it's a big, giant collection of cars on one at one point. Um, we try to, for, for a lot of reasons, I mean, A, I've always said it's more of a social event and it's just an excuse to get people in an area and hanging out. And that, to me, is the magic right there, just to, just to be in this little mountain town and see everyone, tons of Volkswagens and tons of people just you know, around, um, is enough. I don't need a, I actually don't even need a big field with a bunch of cars on a certain day. That's not even necessary for me. It's, um, it's seeing people in the restaurants, it's seeing people in the grocery store, it's driving around and on the, all the whole area is full of amazing drives and roads. And, um, just waking up in the morning and finding a group of, of guys and going exploring somewhere. And to me, that's, that's, you know, so where the sea was the other thing that I fell in love with in my journeys. And that's what was so special to me about where the sea was you'd wake up and check your social media or whatever. And everyone says they're going to, to this place, you know, yeah, you just jump on it and go wherever it is. And there'd be a meet in some, (laughs) in some, in some lot, someplace on some mountain um, that day. And that goes on for three, four or five weeks, right. In, in Austria. And it was just, you know, mind boggling. 
Um, I think that's why we fell in love with Helen as well when we came over in 2019 because it was so different and you don't really plan anything as you say you just go with the flow see, yeah, what's, see happening. what's happening today and depending on who you meet could mean you do something totally different if you had met someone else you know you'd be going doing something else with them yep. you have the tubing so like the inflatable tubes down through the river they recently built like a like a treetop roller coaster as well yeah there's a roller coaster yeah I've been wanting to do that for a while too yeah yeah like it's 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 honestly it, it does that's one of the things I do give the original SOO um, organizers a lot of credit because they called it Southern Worthesee, right? Yeah. And so it was meant to, um, you know, to pay tribute to Worthesee. And it actually does have a lot of a lot of that. I mean, I think of Helen being very similar to Veldon. Yeah. Um, you got this, you know, this little town and it does have some basic things, but there's no reason to just Go stay there. in Belden. Yeah. You can stay yeah. in Fockersy. You can stay in, you know, tons of places and never get, never go to Velden. No. <laughs> and no, no, no need to, right? If you don't want to deal with Velden's the same way, right? If you've got one road going through and it just gets jammed up and crazy and you don't want to deal with that. Go somewhere else. There's no need to. There's lots yeah. of places to go and there'll be lots of meetups all over the place and, um, and lots of people that never even go to the actual formal show, right? Um, when they when they go to where they see. And I've always said I'm the same way. I'd be perfectly happy if people came to Helen and never came to the show, the actual show that we do, which is perfectly fine. It's just it's a, strange listening to a show organizer say that. You yeah. know, it doesn't make sense. But when you're there, it does make sense because you see what it's about. Yeah, it's not. We're not. We're not building a um, a, a model where I have paid for a bunch of you know, things, a venue and a bunch of staging and a bunch of stuff to where I have to recuperate it all. I'm not, you know, the costs are low. So it's, it's really just trying to get people in the area and whatever happens, happens, but we do. Yeah, we, so we're trying to organize. My dream is at some point it'll be very much like where the sea where, you know, excess car night completely on their own organizes, an amazing meet and the organizer of Worthesee knows nothing about it, right? You yeah. Know, it's, yeah. It just happens organically and it's amazing and, and becomes you know, part of it essentially. Yeah. And it becomes part of it. And, and that's perfectly cool. And that, and that's what I would like to see ideally someday in Helen as well. Um, for now we are helping organize the meets, right? Yeah. Um, so we have, you know, for, for a couple of reasons, because I'm still wanting to build the relationship with the town and make sure things go smoothly. So you don't so, want the Mark one guys organizing a burnout pit in the parking lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so we try to we try to collaborate on the meets. Um, but I do see it happening where at some point, like like Sal and S- at S&P, you know, those guys run the Mark one meet at some point. They're, they don't even need to check with me. They just... It just happens. I know it's going to be good, and they do their thing. Yeah. And um, Well, that's it. Like, the likes of Sal and those guys are, you know, they're good guys. Right. Mark Tumete, do the Mark Tumete. You know, right. it's exactly. exactly. If you have them same guys doing that, and you can build up a trust level with every, say, well, denomination, the right word, but like, you know, Mark 3s, Mark 4s. Right. You know, once you have that level set, it becomes its own thing then, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just... Really, all I'm doing is just... You know, kind of creating the original, the original um, genesis to get people together. Uh-huh. Um, but but a little bit different. What we do that where the sea doesn't do is, so we um, kind of just happened inadvertently. But what I do is, I take I tell the organizers of each one of those meets to to give me their best two three 
you know, however many, depending on the size of the meat, uh-huh. um, cars from that. And then that's what we put in the best of show show that we hold on, ah. on, on Saturday. So it's almost like a live selection day kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's so pretty it's, cool. um, it's kind of like a, you know, um, basketball tournament kind of style thing, right? You know, you show up and get picked. Yeah. yeah you get in the bracket and then that's right. cool. yeah i know sports <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's which is different but that's that gives um i mean we do do a very small amount of of pre-selecting of the cars that will go into that ourselves as well as a pre-invite um uh-huh. but i don't even see that happening forever i see it at some point just being completely from the meets and um they just we give them some sort of decal or something and it's completely on the organizers to of the meets to to tell me who's going to be in the best of show and then um and so yeah ideally then what i tell people is our little our saturday best of show thing the actual size of it isn't going to grow it's uh-huh. it's going to always stay around 75 cars yeah um and um, but those are going to be should, nice high-end cars yeah they should be yeah. the very best and you know, it, that provides some nice things. That provides people a way to be really involved in their meat. The meat can be, you know, really interesting and have its thing. And it also gives people the flexibility to to just barely make it and and show up and, and that. Um, so I like that quite a bit. But, yeah, it's, it's still like I've, I've never actually really been much into judging and trophies anyways. I mean, I, I know they're necessary for car shows. Um, yeah. But – Still, I'm more. I'm much more concerned with people having a good time and make me like. I've always been like the best trophy I can take away from when I go to a to a, a show myself is making a new friend. And if it's just if it's just the one person, then that's that's great. Like if I talked, if I spent the entire day talking to one guy, then that's fine. Um, and that's how I've met some of my best friends is just at a at some car show and just we talked all day and. That was it. That's exactly yeah. the same as us. Yeah. And it's the same for here. We we recorded with the People's Car Podcast guys, and that's what they said. You know, the more you come back, it grows and grows. And you meet you meet more people through your people who you're already your friends with, and it just spirals out of control. Yeah. But that is, that's why we come. You know, I I was about five or six cars that I really wanted to see. Um, John Hanna's Mark III right. variant. Yeah, um, very nice. Yep. Uh, but... All I wanted to do was hug John at the same time, you know, right. and see all the people. Once I see the cars, I'm like, right, let's hang out. Let's chill. And that's that's what it's about. You know, we're the same back home with the shows. Like, if we pick up shows, like if we pick up a trophy for our own cars, yeah, it's a nice compliment. But, I mean, I'm not there for a trophy. None of us are, really. No. But when it comes to our own shows, we do the trophies properly because that's a lot of people are into that kind of thing, and that's what it is. But, yeah, for us, it's more about the community, and to me, that's what it should be. Yeah, I mean, if you want to see this whole thing continue, um, a trophy is not going to be what keeps people coming back, energized, and and staying. It's going to be the friend, the friendships and relationships yep. that they've built. I I don't think a trophy really does much to to keep this you know alive. Scene, scene alive and growing. Right, it's a real short term thing, and it winds up on some closet or whatever. Right, but you know. You know, um, yeah, it's the connections with people that, that bring you back. Right, right. You good? Yeah. Do you want to say anything else? Uh, I'd appreciate you guys coming for sure. I mean, that was, I know, quite a quite a journey for, for sure to come all this way. And I know... Um, I appreciate I you know, having us. No, it's a huge effort to come all this way. And obviously, you jumped in and helped me unload things. And, oh, and that's helped, why we're here. Helped, helped with judging at the show. And I hope you had a... Hope you have a good trip the rest of the 
the time in Florida. I get to see how the weather holds out for you. Yeah, well, uh, you guys think this is bad weather. I think this is fantastic. It's yeah, nice was, and cool. Was, when we were when we were driving here this morning, I was like, oh, it's pro- proper UK weather. <laughs> yeah, it was foggy when we looked out our hotel window this morning. Foggy and rainy, so yep. yeah, you feel right at home. Though. Yep. We even got to see a gator when we're here, so the trip's complete. <laughs> okay, right on. <laughs> well, Paul, thank you very much for your time. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it's nice talking well, to Connor and Lee, and we'll see you later in the year. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll see you in see you in Europe. Well, indeed. Yeah, cheers. So hopefully you enjoyed those interviews. Give you a bit more of an insight into our trip and some of the people we met, some of the cars. The likes of Raf's car there, I, I've talked about it in this podcast and I fanboy over it so much. Yeah. And like, I get, Raf and I have been friends for a long time and I give him so much shit, but I can't really give him shit about the car because it is so good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I have to admire Raf's dedication to one car. Yeah. Just And it's just, it seems to be perfection he, in, in every aspect of it. He's very particular about how he does things and you can see it in the car. Yeah. Um, he, he doesn't have another car or building anything well, else in the band, no. He actually, we should have talked about this actually, but you know when you're doing things on his last minute and then he had to get on the road, so we were kind of like, right, we'll have to wrap this up. He actually won a car. So there's a company called S&P. Um, Sal was actually with us on the Friday night in the car park drinking yeah. the moonshine. Um, he He's a big Mark 1 guy. He does a lot of Mark 1 aftermarket parts. And he raffled a car off, which was a Mark 1, I think it was a GTI, like an American spec rabbit with a supercharged VR6 on wheels and lowered. Really, really was nice. Was it a Bynum car? No, it, it wasn't no, a Bynum was car. No, another one, a raffle, there was a Bynum car, wasn't there? I think That's what I'm so. thinking of, sorry. Um, but it was done for charity and Raf actually won that car. So he has, two, he has two marked ones, but <laughs> he didn't go out of his way to do it, if you know what I mean. He, he built yeah, the other yeah. one from scratch. Um, what it, what amazes me with the cars, too, that nobody really does a cabriolet, uh, especially a Mark 1. You know, they're kind of like... Not to that standard, at least. You see, you do see some nice ones, or like ca- concourse ones, yeah. not so much modified ones. There's a few in the States, but there's not very many, so it's cool to see. Um, I, I always liked... Um, do you ever see a Sportline Mark it, 1? So they had the color-coded bumpers, but they're not the clipper it was, kit. It, it was the 92 run-out, basically. And they just threw Recaros at them, all oh, the base really? of stuff. Like, yeah. It sounds like a good parts there was, car. There was the, there was the Ravage, <laughs> and then there was the Sportline. But I always thought, if you got a lovely black Sportline and put a set of nice RSs on it, Lovely, Aye. but Raf Raf has completely exceeded that. Like you know, he's and the funny thing is, like I talk to him all the time, and he's like, "Oh, I'm doing this. I'm trying to do this, and you're just trying to like change up or chase that perfection kind of thing." Because, like, there are a few marks around the car, and he will happily admit that himself. But at the same time, and he did kind of play this down, but he's he was playing it down. He drives that car, and he drives it hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not a bubble car. No, so it's not it's not locked away. He took yeah. Lee and I out in it in twenty nineteen round the roads in outside Helen, Georgia, and like he hammered that thing. Um, <laughs> like it, it was a fast car. There's a diff in it with the twenty valve turbo, and it just it grips and goes. It's Build not. It, drive it's not it, the fastest. It. Uh, it's not the fastest though. Because, 182, though is yeah, it? no. A, a, another friend of his and ours over there, Gabe, has a twenty valve turbo Mark II Jetta Coupe. And mm-hmm. they have the same setup, and Gabe walked him, and Gabe hasn't let him live it down, basically. Oh, <laughs> so lovely. That's uh, when Raf came back down with his trophy. He asked him, Was that for slowest cabriolet? I was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the right shit talking we're on about. <laughs> you gotta love the banter. Oh, yes. So, here's a question for you What was your favorite car from the show? Oh, 
maybe Raph's Mark 1. Other than Raph. There was a Mark 1, a baby blue Mark 1 on white pepper pots with a 3.6 in it, which was it very was cool. simple. Yeah. Know. And I imagine it wants to tear the front end off itself. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Oh, there was a few. There was a um, lot for me. There was the other words a lot. The beetle, the hot rod beetle, the green one. Yes. Those three beetles actually all that were all in the wee line were all totally different and really cool. The pickup, right, you'll, have to put picture, you'll have to put pictures of them up in the stories. Well, that's what I was going to say. If anybody wants to see some of the cars we're talking about, if you go back onto the highlights reel on the Instagram page, on either my page, Lee's page, or the or the Relo podcast page, there's a Euro Tripper highlight, and yeah. you can just go through and see everything we're talking about here as well, which is good. What else? That pickup, the the like sage green. Oh, the Doka, like yes. the T twenty five pickup on hydraulics. It was cool. really like that. All the Florida Mark Three uh, crew, the yeah, the Mark Jerome squad. Svento and uh, they know how all to build those cars. Mark 3s. There was actually probably what you wouldn't expect from me. I really liked though. There was a black Porsche. Now don't ask me, Robin. I'll be screaming at the radio here. Nine two eight. Was it a nine two eight on the Rotiform stand? Yeah, that's it. Um. With rotiforms on it, obviously. Shouldn't have been my bag, but I just really, really nice. liked it. It was something different. Yeah, no, it's cool to see. Um, and the slant nose 911. It's it's just cool to see one of those in person. You know, it's it's again, it's not my thing. It's not really attainable for any of us, but it's cool to see one Aye. up close in real especially life. Especially being Pablo Escobar's old car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then obviously talking to Paul too about the show, it was interesting to hear him talking about with Helen Georgia, how they don't actually, like he doesn't care if you go to the show or not. He just wants you to turn up and have like a social event, go to the meets yeah. and yeah. meet people, which again ties into what we are saying about there the Volkswagen community over there trying to like push things and make it more inclusive and friendly for everyone. I think the big shows there, from what you've been describing, what we've chatted to over the years, basically they're heavily community-driven shows run by guys that are passionate about the brand. Yeah, well, Simple as that. you look at our own shows there, you know, Dubshed, Eurotreff and Titanic Dubs, it doesn't happen without people who are that yeah. kind of mindset, and that's what it needs. Absolutely. It's Otherwise awesome it's just well. a cat's crab. We've talked about before the support they get from Volkswagen themselves. Yeah. So like um, Sean and the Volkswagen guys and Jamie Orr and you know they all come to the shows and they have the posters and the kind of activities and stuff, which is really good. A little bit of interest, a little bit of something to do, and obviously get people into to looking at the new cars as well. Mm-hmm. But it's really good. Uh, the enthusiast fleet that we talked mm-hmm. about was good. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Connor and I are going to go away and cry about not being in florida so <laughs> yep it's uh i've done well not to cry at this point we'll leave you with our uh memories of our trip and uh we'll hopefully see you all very soon at Dubshed. we'll have another episode or two out before then but that'll be the main thing that we're all pushing towards now for the next few weeks that'll be the pressure on yep, yep. your jetta needs a bit of work for it so i'll have to get back at that and like four weeks is not a long time <laughs> no <laughs> but the blink of the eyes <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, you can check us out on social media at Reload Podcast. Uh, I'm at Maxwell House 46. I'm at Connor McCann. And I'm at the Dubboy. See you soon. Cheers, folks. Cheerio. Bye. Bye. Bye.